Hey guys, it's Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Annapolis. Start your 2024 off right with some new clothes from Leon Tailoring. Something new, something tailor-made, something ready-made, or something custom-made. they got the finest in men's and ladies' apparels, and they also take care of you as well. They've been around for almost a near 100 years and some change, and don't stick around that long unless you're getting it right. So get on over to Leon Tailoring, tell them Abdul sent you, and they'll take care of you. Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware in downtown Indianapolis. Y'all ready? Hey, uh, good seeing everybody. Busy week. I know you guys have been keeping busy this week, and uh, we're pleased to get all of our house bills across the finish line, all in a bipartisan manner. Uh, in House Bill 1001, you know, building on work-based learning, House Bill 1002, dealing with the anti-Semitism problem, uh, 1003, um, and then Representative Sirwald and working through the ALJ issue, and then obviously 1004 on uh, the 13 checks. So I think a very productive week. I, I'm a little afraid of what our calendar is going to look at next week, to be honest with you. Uh, but uh, we'll work through it all and uh, have a as a good week and, and close out the first half strong. So with that, I'll take questions. Mr. Speaker, on the issue of reading and reading scores, uh, obviously you folks are trying to figure out what, why, why we had to drop what happened. But when you actually worked in the Department of Education under Tony Bennett, it was like 91%. Granted, it's been dropping ever since. Is it really more resources, more testing, or do you just need to go back to doing what you folks did when you worked in the Department of Education? Abdul, it's focused, and we talk all the time about, and we've got great educators in the state, uh, you know, between now and between when a student enrolls in the third grade, they're going to be in school 720 days, 4,300, a minimum of 4,320 instructional hours. I mean, it's about keeping focused on it, you know. Collectively, we probably have all taken our eye off the ball on that, uh, and, and we need to have a, a direct focus on them. I think I don't know all the details what the Senate's doing. I haven't looked at all their bills, but I think that's what the goal on all the reading discussions are. Mr. Speaker, Senator Freeman said that he had support from you when it came to his dedicated lanes bill. We've seen a lot of businesses do an about face when it comes to that support. I'm wondering where you stand on the bill now. Yeah, I, I've, I've told Senator. Freeman, I've told uh, representatives here, look, I believe we should have a comprehensive road funding discussion in the 2025 uh, legislature as part of the budget. As part of that, I think there's a discussion that needs to be had about who really takes responsibility for uh, Meridian and Washington streets. I don't want to stop the dedicated lanes discussion in perpetuity. I would like to see, and I've told Senator Freeman this, you know, delay on that until uh, July 1 of 2025. Uh, to allow us to have that discussion in 2020 in the 2025 budget session. And I've relayed that to Senator Freeman. Uh, and uh, that's kind of where where we are. So is the bill dead in the House? No, I think if they think if it can get to that, you know, we 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 allow. A, Again, let's let's take a pause on it on the dedicated lanes discussion. It's been a discussion for a long time, uh, and and let's just get to a comprehensive discussion on road funding. That being part of it in, in the 24 se- 25 session, and and uh, and then go from there. Would that comprehensive discussion include talking about the road funding formula, or how comprehensive sure. are you planning? Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it all needs to be discussed, and and uh, uh, and I, I've said this publicly. I mean, I, look, I'm not trying to. You know, I think we should have a discussion about who is responsible for Washington and and, and, uh, Meridian Streets in the past. Up until a few decades ago, it was the state's responsibility. There was a negotiated agreement. I'm not suggesting that we should take money away from uh, uh, the, the county on their funding formula if we take that. I think, you know, I think those are two primary access roads in our county. 
and and they reflect uh you know uh they should reflect what we'd expect them to be and i, I think you know it's a conversation worth having he also talked about um adding an amendment to that bill to that would essentially remove a, the new no turn on red signs put up in indy last summer is that something that that you've looked at i, I haven't talked to the senator freeman about that uh specifically we'll see what he chooses to do i would i would suggest to any member that you know the narrower the better House Bill 1235 moves forward this week. The um, legislation from Representative Jeter about um, basically the law, Representative Jeter's legislation. I guess why is um, the legislature intervening with um, legislation on behalf of the gun industry to what we believe to be unnecessary. Um, and so, you know, Representative Jeter brought forward a bill and had bipartisan support for it. Mr. Speaker, the Senate committee today passed a bill that would add I'm sorry, to, which committee? Uh, Senate Commerce, oh. I think, passed a bill to add to General Assembly yeah. members to the IEDC board as non-voting members. Curious what your thoughts are. Are you comfortable with that bill? You know, I'll be honest with you guys, our calendars are pretty clear, pretty, pretty big over here. I haven't even paid much attention to any of the Senate bills, so I'd want to look at everything that's in that bill before I really comment on it. How do you feel about, um, you know, sort of in general, the concept of oversight measures regarding the IEDC? Because that bill also had, uh, like, a... When they buy 100 acres of land, but in general, the concept of of more oversight. Look, look, we if you go online, you can see a big report that IEDC does every year about where the money goes and what it's funding. Um, And I think you know, I'd remind people though we have a lot of transparency. We have open board meetings in that. Uh, I would note that you know, just this week. And just today, the announcement about Meta down in in uh, the initial eight hundred million dollar investment down in River Ridge and in the Jeffersonville area. What you know this week, uh, the announcement up in Northeast Indiana about Google uh, and and their huge data center there. And so you know, I think you know we always are going to be paying attention. You know, in any of these deals, as you guys know, uh, it has to go before budget committee before the incentives can be provided. So you know, we always are happy to take a look and see, uh, but, uh, you know, we don't want to, uh, you know, become overly burdensome and, and yet um, and, and, and slow down, I think, what's incredible momentum across the state of Indiana. Do you think the state has the sufficient controls in place to prevent another education enrollment fraud uh, scheme? Yeah, I do. And first of all, I'm glad those people are being prosecuted and they have, uh, and, 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 you know, that was a frustrating situation. There was a public school that was actually the authorizer in that. Delville Community Schools was the authorizer in that. But since that all took place, I know we've we've worked uh, and passed multiple bills dealing with providing uh, more oversight by the authorizer, and particularly in regards to financial matters. Mr. Speaker, on the issue of uh, the Economic Development District in Indianapolis, uh, the bus lanes, even no turn on red, uh, these seem to be like sort of local decisions. Our, our, our House public can still for local control. <laughs> well, let me tell you, on the EDD uh, in particular, Abdul, you know, we provided that. We're, we're not, you know, we were the ones that gave them that capability. And I think most, some of us have come to the conclusion that that wasn't very good legislation. It wasn't properly vetted. We've had a chance to review it. 
I want to make sure we have no misunderstanding about how committed the House Republicans are to Indianapolis. I mean, we've led on the investment in Alaco. The investment, the, the state has led the investment in Alaco. The state has led the investment around the Indiana, Indiana University, Indianapolis, Purdue University, Indianapolis. The state has led on so many of the economic development, the CIB deal that we did in 2019. You know, big partner in the mall. Like, we are committed to Indianapolis. Um, what we want to do is, like, give, and what Chairman Thompson, the committee, is doing is giving the, the, the saying to the city on particularly on the edd deals look you've got this local income tax that every other state every other community in the state has you can raise that tax across the county and provide what we believe frankly are basic government services to downtown cleaning of streets uh, graffiti removal those types of things i mean they have a billion and a half dollar budget it's a little hard to believe that they have to go raise an additional tax to do those basic services. But if they do, use the local income tax as any other community in our state would use. On the dedicated bus lanes, this has been a topic of conversation for a long time. I met with the city council that represents that area yesterday and expressed to him what I told you all just a second ago. Like, I just wanted to be a part of a comprehensive discussion. I don't really want to micromanage Indianapolis, but we are committed to Indianapolis. We're committed to a strong Indianapolis. And Indianapolis, it's Indianapolis that continues to bring in record numbers of conventions, mainly because of our investments. And uh, so make no mistake, we're, we're committed to Indianapolis. I will be continuing to commit to Indianapolis. Indianapolis has to be committed to itself and, and govern itself in, in a way that, you know, they, they have tools they can use, whether it's on adopting the, the wheel tax or whether it's an increase in the lid that they can take responsibility for, too. You said you gave them this tool last year. You know, they took advantage of the tool that you guys gave no, them. No, they haven't. They waited until post-election day. They passed it, to, though. To pass it. But they waited until this was so important. They waited until post-election day to pass it. And, and, and But, yeah, we gave them this tool last year. So uh, some of them are saying, well, you know, they gave us a tool. We used it. Now they're trying to give us a different tool. Why should they have confidence that that one will be the thing that you guys let them keep using in the future? You know, since you gave them this one. It would be the same. But I think. You know, the lit is what every one of the 92 counties, local income taxes, what every one of the other 92 counties has. This aligns it with that. They have $225 million worth of capacity in local income tax to do it. They have more than enough opportunities to raise the money to do what they are suggesting they do. We just say use the tools that exist. We made, you know, we, we, we after further review and after a chance to vet it, we don't think the tool that we provided was a right, was, was a very good tool. Can you give some thoughts on the ongoing discussion that seems to be growing about AI and artificial intelligence, especially given today's unanimous vote about digitally altered media um, in campaign ads? I, I see AI coming up in some different bills. Yeah, I think it. Days. Yeah, I think it's a complex issue. I know the feds or the federal government is trying to deal with it too. I mean, at the end of the day, I think we're all trying to solve out. It's a tremendous tool. It has a lot of advantages to it. But how do you make sure when it's used for nefarious purposes that it's that it's uh, that's prosecuted and it's prosecuted correctly. Um, but I, you know, I don't think any of us want to stop it. We're all using it today in, in a lot of different forms. Uh, but, but when it's used nefariously, we need to, we need to, you know, 
have laws that are prosecuted to make sure it doesn't isn't used for those types of purposes. But it's a complex issue, uh, you know, that, that trying to determine how to regulate will be uh, one I'm sure they'll be talked about at the federal level and state level for years to come. Would you use it in a campaign ad? Would I use it in a campaign ad? No. I mean, I think, you know, I, I, I think is in most instances uh, people campaign extraordinarily responsibly. And uh, but, you know, I know there are instances where people do the wrong thing. When people do the wrong thing, they should be prosecuted to the full extent of the law. Any thoughts on speaking of prosecution on Jamie Knoll, the ninth, the Clark County chairman? Should he stay, go? I think the, I think he uh, I think he resigned from the state committee. Right. So so I think, you know, feels like that's appropriate path. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.